0: to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, and welcome back to the 6AM Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Payson. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We've got a good one for you today, and... Yes, the show has run in the title. We don't always get runners, but we have a we have a runner this uh, this time. So I think you guys will really enjoy this. But as always, before we get started, this show is brought to you by 6AMRun and 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So today's show, we have Yana Hempler. That is Y-A-N-A. Last name, H-E-M-P-L-E-R, and she has a unique story. She has a fascinating story, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, Yana. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about being on the show um, as you've already stated. My name is Yana Hempler, and I'm an internationally published fitness writer, certified running coach, personal trainer, and wellness consultant.
0: That's a lot. That's, that's a lot for one person, but uh, I'm sure you have a lot of fun doing that. What Before we get started, what does uh, uh, for people out there who don't know, what does a running coach do? I know it's more than just say, hey, let's go running together and let me help you with that, but there's a lot more to it. What specifically do you do as a running coach?
1: I design the running programs that are suited to people's fitness levels and schedules and current uh, goals. So basically, I take everything that I know about my clients and then I design a custom tailored running program specifically for them so that they're able to follow it and get the results that they're looking for and achieve their goals in whether they want to run a half marathon or marathon. I love working with beginner runners because that's like before they've actually developed any bad habits. I'm able to take them and teach them the way to safely increase your mileage and safely run to avoid injury and to strength train and things like that. So there's definitely quite a bit that goes into a running training program. It's not just, uh, oh, hey, let's go run a half marathon today or hey, let's go run a marathon. It takes quite a long time to build it up And to do so safely. So that's what I make sure that my clients do.
0: I I probably could have used you when I started running because I was one heel striking, which is never great for someone like me. And I was definitely in the wrong shoes, um, which caused me to fracture a bone in my foot. But that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about that. Um, So what you're saying for the people listening is that if I have never run before, and I might be a little overweight, I'm not really conditioned, I shouldn't just go outside and try to run five miles right off the bat. Is that what you're saying?
1: That is correct. So you want to build up from there you definitely don't want to start at five miles. You want to start maybe at one mile and just see how you do. And then after that, in the following week, you can increase it a little bit more and then the week after that, you can increase it a bit more again, but you definitely don't want to just get out there and just run a long distance right away.
0: Cause we see it all the time in, in movies and shows where people have that I'm going to get in shape and then they go out running, sweating profusely. And you know, that's, that's a good way to injure yourself, especially if you don't just ease into it. But your So your story before you even got into this, where you weren't really a runner, you weren't able to even run a block. So kind of tell us about what got you into running.
1: Oh, man, that is, that's actually like quite the long story. We love, we
0: love to hear it.
1: So like when I was really, really young, I actually hated running and I hated exercise. And actually, like when we played tag in school, I was like, there is no way I'm playing tech. I don't want to play. I'm the slowest kid. I don't want to play. And that was like in elementary school. And then in junior high school, I got cut from the volleyball team and the basketball team. And then they said, well, the cross-country running team needs people. And I'm like, well, I can't really run uh, anymore, anyways. So like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to join the cross-country running team? And they're like, well, you don't have to be good. You just have to show up and you're on the team. And I was like, perfect, because I needed extracurricular activities in my sort of resume or whatever you want to call it from from, uh, junior high school. So I joined the running team and I wasn't very good the first couple of years. And then over time I got better and then I actually ended up going to provincials and to zones for track and field. And then I actually began to like it. Like the better I got, the more I started to like it. And over time, what used to feel difficult for me as a runner, all of a sudden wasn't difficult anymore. And I thought, hey, this is actually quite easy. I'm gonna go a little bit longer. I'm gonna go a little bit farther. And then I got injured in grade 12. So unfortunately I couldn't participate in running and I couldn't join the running team at university or anything like that. But then I decided to pick it up again and when I picked it up again, it was difficult to start again. And once again, I felt like I was back to square one, which is like starting very really slow, starting with running the block. And of course, running the block was kind of difficult. So, but I kept at it anyways, because I thought, well, there was a reason why I liked it in high school. So I wonder if I can reignite my passion for running. And besides, it was like the only activity that I could do that was free, because the rest of the fitness activities usually cost money so you have to join a class or you have to join a gym but with running you just get outside put on a good pair of running shoes which of course is very important and then go running so that's why i decided to and then all of a sudden i surprised myself after training all this time and i decided to sign up for a 10k and i started I thought to myself, well if I can do 10k under 1 hour, I'll be really happy with that. That's like a good goal for me to try to reach. So then I think I was about 21 or something like that and I was like in this race and I noticed that my watch was saying 43 minutes. So I basically finished the 10k in 43, 42 as my first ever race back after getting injured. And I thought, whoa, I just smashed that goal. And so ever since then, I was trying to break 40 minutes in the 10K. So I got addicted to the whole getting better part of it. So I got addicted to the feeling that I get from running faster each time, from pushing myself a bit more. And so then after that successful 10K, I decided to sign up for a marathon that same year. Now, I don't normally recommend people do a marathon as soon as they complete a 10k, and I don't recommend that people, you know, take less than a year to train for their first marathon. Like I would prefer that people took time to train for their marathon, but not do what I did. But I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try to see if I can finish in like 3:45 to 4 hours. And so that's kind of where I seated myself is uh the 3.45 to 4-hour mark. And then I shocked myself yet again. I followed a progressive training program for myself, which I built myself, and I ended up running my first marathon in 3.28 and qualified for Boston. And I thought, well, I'm really loving this running thing now. I'm going to do some more things. And then... I ran from Port Hardy to Victoria, which if a lot of people don't know, that's about 505 kilometers. So that's, uh, that took three weeks. And then I just like kept at it and I just wanted to see how far I can push it. And so I ran Boston and New York, and I'm going to be running Chicago this year. And I also ran Berlin and Vancouver. And basically my goal is now to run a marathon in every major city or a half marathon, like I'll be okay with a half marathon too. But as you can see, it's been quite the long story about how I got into running. And over time, people were also asking me how did I build up so safely? How did I manage to avoid injury? And that's kind of how I started coaching people too, is because people would always ask me questions. And then I started writing my blog where I, you know, tell people a lot of these answers and give them tips on how to safely run. And it's sort of And I never looked
0: back since. That is, that's a great story. And it always starts with, I I hated running. Like that seems like to be a common theme with people who end up loving running. But one thing you did, did mention uh, before is that, you know, the importance of, of good shoes and, and having people get fitted. How, in your opinion, how important is it when someone really starts a running program or really decides to be a running for them to go get their gait checked and get sized and and get the right shoes to run in how important is that to you
1: i think that it's very important because my injury in grade 12 happened because i was wearing the wrong shoes for the distance that i was running so i know firsthand that getting fitted is extremely important and get professional fitting like go to a specialty running running store such as running room or something like that And then you can get fitted there. The people in the store, they know what to look for. They can tell if you're pronating, if you're supinating or how your shoes are, you know, how your feet land. That's very important to determine what kind of shoes you need, is you need to be able to have your gait assessed so that people can see, you know, which way your foot lands on the ground.
0: I agree. And I, I unfortunately have flat feet and I was running in shoes that did not have enough support on the arch and and I paid the price for it and by with two rods being in my foot right now, but I will digress a little bit. So do you, by the way, do you have a favorite distance that you like to run?
1: I'd have to say probably my favorite distance is the half marathon and marathon is, is a close second.
0: Your your favorite distance is three, 13.1 and your second favorite is twenty six point two is what you're telling me. Those are your favorite.
1: Yes. That is correct, yes.
0: <laughs> well, good for you. I I that's 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 interesting. But so let's get on to kind of your coaching and you know what you do for other people. So what, what are the things that you see people need the most help with uh, when it comes to running? I, I know that every person who comes to you is going to be unique. I know they're all going to have different set of, um, you know, opportunities they have in their running. But what's kind of a common theme for that person you see that really hasn't run ever in their life, but they want to do it to get in shape? What is something that you see from that first time runner?
1: I'd have to say they want to know how to get to the longer distances, without injuring themselves or like how they can run 5k and 10k and half marathon and marathon like how can they go from you know point a to point b in the safest manner because like they say oh i run and my shins hurt or i run and my feet hurt or i run and my heels hurt and that's kind of like one of those things or they're like oh i can't get enough air it's really difficult to get enough air to breathe so those are the kinds of things that i get that i get asked about the most
0: and then i i'm assuming that you you do also have people who may be that recreational runner and they just need that 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 help to get to the next level do you work with those people also
1: oh yeah i don't work with just competitive runners i actually like to work with beginners or with recreational runners because uh, they actually see much more gains in their fitness in a really relatively short period of time with the right programming. So I definitely like to watch them get those gains in their fitness.
0: That's great to hear. And I I know a lot of people definitely want to start running for the the fitness, not just the competition, but to lose weight. Um, and, And how in your program, how do you make sure that Because people can't just run to lose weight. They can, I mean, they can, but it'd be very hard to run and not change your diet or not change your nutrition. How do you also help people lose weight with running?
1: Right. So that's a a really tough one because sometimes when people start running, they think that they're burning more calories than they're actually burning. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden they end up overeating because they think oh i'm now running this 20 mile run or i'm now doing this 18 mile run or 13 miles so therefore i should be able to eat more so what happens is they're still not quite getting their their calories to match the expenditure but as long as they are able to just eat slightly less calories and also watch their macros so they got to have the right amount of proteins and carbohydrates and fats in their diet as well and that's going to be unique for everybody based on their fitness level is what I is what I do and then I typically try to have them so that they don't eat too much junk food so the processed foods have to be minimized and Anything that has a bunch of ingredients that I can't pronounce has to be minimized or preferably eliminated.
0: (laughs) That, that is also, that's also, that's always a hard part. I found this and I don't know how you were when you started running, but when I first started running, I was extremely hungry after my runs. And I kind of ran into that, that cycle of, running a lot and then eating a lot. And then I kind of found a good balance of being of staying hydrated. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, a lot of that hunger can be relieved with the proper hydration and it's not just drinking after you run. It's also drink, depending on the run, it's drinking before and you don't want to overdo it, but it's also drinking during the run too, if you have to. So I'm sure that's a lot of the information that you have to give, you know, brand new runners.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And definitely, especially if you're running runs that are longer than 90 minutes, you want to have some carbohydrates in your drink as well, because you're running for that long and your body can't really sustain that much longer after that is what I found. So basically if you're running for 90 minutes or more, then you should be consuming carbohydrate and electrolyte drinks during your run.
0: That is definitely good to know. Good information to have. So, um, just making sure I, I read this correctly. You ran 30 marathons in 30 days. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. I am a little bit on the crazy side. <laughs>
0: so, so what? So that's 30 more marathons than I've run. Just to let you know, and um, that is before I even ask. Like, how you did it? Like, why did you decide to do this?
1: I wanted to do it to raise money for the Victoria Hospitals Foundation, they had this uh, campaign going for healthcare heroes, and that was like during COVID times, so like all my races were cancelled still, and there was not much going on, so I thought, oh, I'm just gonna do this because I can raise awareness for such a great cause, and that's why I decided to do the 30 marathons in 30 days
0: how did how did it feel i want i want to know how it felt not at the end but like when you're about like race or or day like 13 or 14 and you're thinking in your head i got three more weeks of this how did it feel right in the middle
1: right so it's interesting that you say that so to start with it actually got easier progressively over time so by the middle of it i actually felt pretty all right but i know that there's been There was a couple of days where I actually, like, felt quite challenged by it. But then there was, but then it kind of started to get easier. And then, of course, I'd have the odd day where it was difficult in some parts. But overall, though, I found that the general trend and the trajectory of rate of perceived exertion was actually lower than what I actually expected it to be so I definitely feel you know that it's like the first week was actually fairly challenging too especially like day one because then you still have so many left and you have to think in your brain you're just like oh my goodness I still have so many left what did I just sign up for and then I was like oh well I'm doing this for a bigger purpose I'm doing this for a greater purpose it's for the community it's for the society so I'm just gonna do the best that I can and see how far I can make it. And, uh, and 30 days was enough.
0: Well, congratulations. That's, that's an amazing feat. Uh, I, I just want to say that, you know, great job on your part. And, um, one thing I, I did want you to talk about because you kind of see the whole picture and especially, you know, when it comes to physical fitness and, and making people able to run and run for longer distances and, and be sustained in that running, What part does strength training play in in your running And, and should people be looking to strength train when they get into a running program?
1: Absolutely, they should. Strength training helps to balance the muscles around the joints. So like for example, you have your knee joint and then you have all the muscles that are surrounding the knee joint. Well with strength training, those muscles get stronger so you're less likely to experience knee and hip and injuries and ankle injuries, right? So, and then also having a strong core is also going to help prevent your hips from moving side to side, which causes some torque on the knee as well. So you definitely want to strengthen your core, your glutes, especially the gluteus medius, which uh, helps uh, prevent your knee from going inwards. And you also want to strengthen your calves as well, because that allows you for better push-off when you're running, after you land so definitely all those things need to be considered and you want to strength train for your upper body as well because you don't want to be all legs and you want to have some balance in your body so that's why you add the upper body as well to the whole training routine even when you're just a runner
0: i'm uh, i'm glad you said that because um a lot of people will will see that and and think that you know they don't they don't want to get bulky they don't want to put too much stress on their joints but you know doing the, you know, combining the weight training and resistance training, to be honest with you, actually helps your joints when you're running. And uh, I did want to ask you about a very technical, uh, part of running. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize how they're striking the ground and how that affects their running and their knees and their hips and their joints. So, you know, I, I did mention, I used to be a heel striker when I first started, it just seemed like the way to run the easier way to do it. Um, When you're working with your clients and helping them become better runners, how much do you focus on what part of their foot strikes the ground?
1: So I definitely advise them to strike the ground midfoot to forefoot and also not to reach forward with their legs. So you don't want to reach. You want to basically land with your foot directly underneath your hips and you want to be landing on your mid foot to forefoot and you want to be landing very light and you want to have a slight forward lean as opposed to like some people will lean backwards and they're reaching and they're heel striking and that's the wrong way to run. So I definitely do some training with getting people to land correctly underneath their center of gravity.
0: And I would assume that's gotta be pretty hard for some people. Like some people just, it, 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 I, I know for me, it, it felt a little unnatural when I started to really focus on where my foot strikes the ground. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure for some people that you you coach, this has got to be one of the hardest things to actually get through when it comes to correct, you know, running.
1: It definitely is. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of uh, brain muscle coordination as well to be able to execute that. So like if someone has been used to running it, with heel striking or reaching forward with their foot or something, it's really hard to unlearn that and it's really hard to get the form proper but once you kind of do some drills and get the form proper because there are specific drills that you can do like standing on one foot, leaning forward, trying to switch feet as you're leaning forward. All those different drills can help you with the learning to retrain your body to strike The
0: ground correctly. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of those things that a lot of people have trouble with, especially if they've never really uh, been runners before. And and even people who are athletes who haven't really focused on their running form. uh, One of those things that's really, really hard for them. So another part, and and I I apologize for another technical question, but I think this is something that that people would want to just learn about, is you had spoken about one of the things that people tell you it's hard for them to do is to get the correct amount of air in, oxygen, all that good stuff, and because it's a, a specific type of breathing, you can't just huff and puff, or, or your, your your heart rate's going to go up, all that good stuff. When you're training your people, when you're you know working with your clients, um, what are some things you tell them about the correct way to breathe when they're trying to get longer distances?
1: Right, so you definitely want to breathe slower and deeper. So that's one thing. So you got to slow down your breathing. You can't be going, (gasps) because those are shallow breaths and you're definitely not getting enough air. So what you want to do is, uh, I always try to do four strides per breath. So four strides on the inhale, four strides on the exhale. And then that's how I try to coordinate my breathing that has worked for me the best. And it also works with, uh, for other people, too. And you also want to make sure that you do a full belly breathing as opposed to just shallow lung breathing, if that makes sense.
0: It definitely makes sense to me. And, and I, again, anybody listening to this who's like, I want to start running tomorrow. These are not things that you're going to get on the first run or the second run, even the first week. These are things that is going to take repetition. And I'm sure with that breathing and you're changing up people's the way they breathe, because I, I don't know if you ever, you didn't hear me the first time I went for a run and I, I had those shallow breaths. I thought I was going to die after <laughs> a half a mile. Um, but I just kept, I did the same thing you just said. I did the, the four, the four strides and, and I'm six, five. So my strides are pretty long and, um, four strides out, four strides in. And, and after a while you're, you you get acclimated and your heart rate comes down and and it just, you get more oxygen into your blood, into your lungs, into your, you know, and and you're able to run further distances. So with the work you do, I know, you know, we're going to, you know, have a link to your, to your website for, um, in the show notes. And I know you do offer kind of a six week plan, um, for people if they want that, but I, and I don't want you to give away too much, but if I'm a first time runner, if I'm somebody who's like, I just, I got fitted for my shoes. Um, you know, I think I'm ready to start this, I'm going to start tomorrow. And I've never really been a runner in my life. What are just some words of wisdom, some advice you can give them just to make sure that they can have they have the best chance to be successful as a runner?
1: Right. So basically, don't compare yourself to anyone else's journey. That's number one, because a lot of times people will Read about their friend who ran a marathon and they think that, oh, I want to get into running so that I could run a marathon with my friend. Well, you're not going to run a marathon when you first started running. So don't try just yet. Just do that later and give yourself enough time to build up for it, which leads to point number two, which is, you know, give yourself plenty of time to get trained up for your goal distance. So it's it's always better to err on the side of caution than it is to do too much too soon, too fast. Because as soon as you start to do too much, too soon, too fast, then you end up potentially putting yourself at risk for injuries, especially if your form is not correct. So just basically focus on the form, focus on a gradual increase in what you're doing for running. And don't forget to strength train along the way.
0: I love those things. And, and if, again, if I'm a new runner, like how many... How many days should I run? Should I run one day on, one day off? Should I take two days off in between? What do you think is a good cadence for someone that's brand new to the sport?
1: I think maybe like three times per week is definitely a good amount of running to do for someone who is new at it. That way they can, you know, have some rest days in between so that they're not just constantly running every day. Because if you run every day when you're first starting out, then you might get yourself injured.
0: Yeah, you definitely will do that. And I I probably shouldn't ask this question, but I will. How many days a week do you run?
1: I run usually between five and six days a week or sometimes four. So anywhere between four and six days a week. I always try to have at least one rest day, except for when I did the 30 marathons in 30 days that I didn't have any rest days there. But then I took a few days off after that and didn't run for three or four days. And I went running after that again.
0: And when you took those three or four days off, like when you're and you're a running coach and you're a runner and do, when you are on your rest days, do you, do you want to run? Are you, are you forcing yourself not to run when you're on your rest days?
1: I actually, well, it used to be that way where I used to hate rest days and I used to get uh, a little bit obsessed about potentially losing my fitness and things like that. But then I realized that, you know, it takes a lot longer than a few days to lose your fitness. So basically taking a rest day is okay and now I actually enjoy my rest days very much and I do other things such as tennis or ping pong or paddle boarding or uh, shooting some hoops for or something like that so I find other activities to do during my rest days so I don't just sit there and do nothing or sit there and binge watch a show.
0: And, and I love the fact that people, you know, people new to it need to understand that your body needs that recovery, especially when you first start it, and you have those, you know, microscopic tears and, and muscles you haven't used before and you need time to build that muscle and build that core strength. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely a good thing to hear. Also, I, I have to ask, I know people, people love to. I know I do love to look good when they run. And so but somebody starting, they, they want the the gear they want all that good stuff like if i am just starting is there any bit of gear male or female that you think somebody should have or you just like throw on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and let's go for it
1: okay so i definitely recommend avoiding cotton t-shirts and cotton socks just because cotton can cause chafing if you get all sweaty like if you've ever, I don't know, this is going to this is probably TMI, but if you've ever seen some guys running long distances in a cotton shirt, you'll see that they have bloody nipples. So that comes from the friction, so you definitely don't want that. No bloody nipples. So you want to wear like a technical shirt. So like a really good quality technical shirt. So I know Nike has them, Adidas has them, and then my friend and I were starting a new clothing company and we're going to have them too. So so the technical shirts are very, very important because then you don't want to get any chafing. And then same with the shorts, you want to wear light shorts, not cotton. And same with socks, you want to have a good pair of socks so that you can avoid blisters. And then I also really like my GPS watch, which is a Coros Pace 2. And it's fairly simple, it's very light, it goes on my wrist and it takes the heart rate from my wrist as well. So I don't have to wear the chest strap because I really don't like having anything around my chest like some people. So those are just my suggestions for gear.
0: I, I'm with you on the chest thing. I just don't like it right across. It just feels weird when I'm running. And I'm, I'm totally with you on that. So and and talk. So talk. Are you able to talk about the uh, the new fitness apparel line? Like what when that's coming out and what's going to be called and, and how people can get uh, some of it?
1: Right, so it's called dreamnationapparel.com is the website that people can go to. So we picked Dream Nation because because it's almost like building a dream nation of runners and fitness community type people who would be purchasing the clothes. And it's going to be athleisure wear, so we're going to have leggings. we got shorts, uh, socks, special technical socks, technical t-shirts. And uh, we're going to get different colors eventually right now it's already out we've sold we've made some initial unit sales already so that's uh, coming along and eventually the goal is going to be to grow it as a brand and uh hopefully one day be in retail and uh that,
0: that's awesome and just
1: a different. Market. yeah
0: that's awesome good for you I'm, I'm happy for you i'll definitely check it out we'll have a link to it in the show notes um dream nation apparel that sounds great so um What's next for you? What's the next race? What's next in your coaching and your life? Like, what's the next thing we're going to hear about?
1: Right. So I think that, so next thing is that there's like a 10 K, a local 10 K in Oak Bay. So I'm going to run that probably not very fast, but I'm just going to show up and just run it. And then I'm training for the Chicago marathon, which is going to be in the fall. So I'm looking forward to that very much. We'll see how that goes. Because it's been a while since I ran a lot. So basically, I definitely want to do well in the Chicago. So hopefully some four hours or 3.30 if everything goes really well. And just going to continue to work on the clothing brand. And perhaps maybe try to do 10 marathons in 10 days somewhere in there. For the Victoria Hospitals Foundation. And then we're also organizing a race in uh, august it's a three six 12 and 24 hour run that people can do as a team of four or two people and basically the goal is to raise money for the victoria hospitals foundation as well and it's called dream nation apparel 24 hours so that's going to be like our flagship event for dream nation apparel
0: that sounds amazing and you just I don't know if you're a glutton for punishment, just keep doing these these uh, multiple marathons <laughs> back to back to back, but good for you. I also see uh, on on your Instagram, you're like me, you wear, uh, I don't know if you call them Saucony or Saucony shoes. I don't know. How do you pronounce it?
1: I pronounce it Saucony. Saucony.
0: Okay. I think a lot of Americans pronounce it Saucony, um, but I, I've started to say Saucony. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not getting paid by them. I not say anything, but I love, love, love their shoes. Like they are great shoes. Very, very easy to run in. Um, how, how long have you been running in those shoes and and what do you like about them?
1: Right. So it's, uh, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm not being paid by them either. So, but I absolutely love their shoes too. Like they're the best shoes that I've ever owned hands down. Because they're the only shoes, like after I had my foot injury in grade 12 there, I decided to really take my running shoes seriously. So I went to a running room and then I got fitted. And I was fitted with a Saucony Ride 7, I think it was, or Ride 8. It was like a long time ago, so it was like an older model of the Saucony Ride. And the Saucony Ride shoes are the best shoes I've ever owned. And I never looked back since, and I've always had just Saucony, multiple pair of them, but always the Saucony Ride, and they've changed the model, so now I think they're at Ride 15 or something like that, but they're still the same basic shoe, which is Saucony Ride, and those are by far the best ever. I have so many good memories in those shoes, you know, they've helped me do the 30 marathons in 30 days. I did in those shoes, I did my, my six day running event, in those shoes as well that was uh, 420 kilometers on the track in six days so basically running in circles for six days straight with barely sleeping (laughs) but the shoes you know the shoes have always been great so I always recommend that runners check out the Saucony brand first but most importantly they need to be fitted professionally by somebody who does this for a living so I always recommend them to go to a running store, a specialty running store and get that fitted. So don't go to Walmart for your shoes.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, I, I I think people can go to any kind of major running shoe brand and see something that looks nice and looks cool. Like we don't like you don't have to just go to Nike and Adidas anymore to look for like a really cool shoe like ASIC. New Balance, Mizuno, all those type of shoes are, they have something for everyone. So I think that, that excuse that they don't make good looking shoes has is, is been gone out the door for a long time. Um, the only thing, and I don't know if you can talk on this or not, I, I've never really gotten into, um, I forgot what, I don't know what shoe it is that they have the really thick sole. I don't know if it's Brooks or I forgot what shoe it is.
1: Is it
0: Hoka? Hoka, yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you um i tried those on and i just if they don't feel natural to me i don't and i i know some people literally say they're the best thing they ever put on their foot before have you ever tried to run in those
1: i have not because i've always thought that the sock and running shoes was the best thing i've ever put <laughs> on my foot so i've never deviated from that and i've never chosen i've never done any other i've never worn any other shoes really except for adidas i did wear the adidas shorter distances sometimes but i still like the Saucony much better
0: so talk about that before i don't keep it too long but talk about that like why what is the difference for you and people need to know this in regard to that shoe you're going to use for your 5k versus that shoe you're going to use for a half or a full
1: yeah so a shoe for a 5k you could have slightly thinner soles in my opinion so even have, you don't have to have, because you're not going as far and you're not pounding on your feet as much, it's okay to have slightly thinner soles. So like the Saucony Kinvara, for example, would be a good shoe for like a 5k or a 10k. But also if you're wearing shoes that don't have thick enough soles, then you want to also learn to run in those first before you actually try them in any races. So whatever you've been wearing that you're used to is something that you should keep wearing if it works for you if it doesn't then it's time to try something else but basically I don't even recommend that people you know keep changing the shoe brands or shoe models if they especially if they found something that works for their feet like for example I have no reason to look anywhere except my sock and there's different ones for different distances and I have you know shoes that I rotate through so I'm not always wearing the same ones because different wear patterns on different shoes. But overall, though, I have I may have the same model of shoe, but just different wear patterns, depending on how my form was during the run.
0: And that is a very... I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because a lot of times people will just... They'll just switch shoes to switch shoes. But once you find that that shoe that, that works for you... Um, not in my case, I had found a pair of uh, Nike running shoes, and I forgot the names of them because they... They discontinued them and um, I was left looking for shoes and I tried so many Nikes and I'm like, ah, these just don't, don't work anymore. And, uh, but the the last thing I want to ask you before I let you kind of promote yourself a little bit is for that person that is about to run their first long distance, let's say they're going to run their first marathon, What are some things you can tell them about that distance, about that run that's going to help them throughout the race?
1: Right. So I'd say the first thing is to run your own race. So basically you're there for yourself. You're doing it for you. Don't worry about what all the other runners are doing, because there will be some people who will start too fast. So you don't want to start too fast. So if you're just getting going on your first marathon, start slower than you think you need to. Because as you get into the 23 mile mark, as you get to the 20 mile mark or anything above the 20 mile mark, it starts to get difficult. And also, so you want to know the course. You really want to know where all the hills are so that you're mentally prepared for it. So just learn the course ahead of time. Some people even drive the course before they run it, or some people will take a tour. If a race offers a course tour, they can take a tour of the course. So yeah, just know the course. Don't start too fast. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And it doesn't matter if your friend's first marathon was 3 hours and 10 minutes. You just remember you're doing a marathon and that already puts you in the top 3% of the population who of all the runners because there's a lot of people will never ever run a marathon so you're already well ahead of so many people so don't worry about your time so much because a marathon is a marathon And no matter what happens, no one is going to take that achievement away from you when you cross that finish line. And your life will change when you do, because all of a sudden you will start to be more confident in yourself. You will know that you can do hard things and you will know that you can persevere in the face of adversity.
0: I love that. And I I you know, I tell people when they ask me that question is just be prepared for every part of your body sweating. I I know. (laughs) I remember running my half marathon. I was like, why are my socks wet? It's like, oh, because every part of my body is sweating. But the day after, so the recovery from that half marathon too, is also something that people never really talk about. And a lot of people end up just sitting, laying down and sitting still for 24 hours afterwards, which just is one of the worst things you can do for your body. How does somebody recover? How do they um, start the recovery process after they run that first marathon?
1: So I definitely like to walk it off. So maybe go for an easy, slow walk after that, like two to three kilometer walk. The next day that would be fine. And do some foam rolling, get a massage, enjoy a spa day, relax, because you've already ran that far. So you have to be proud of yourself and you have to reward yourself for it. And that's basically how I recover.
0: I think that's good. Get a little movement in, get the blood flowing. Um, I think that's a a great thing to do. So, yeah, this has been great. I appreciate the time. How can people learn more about you? How can they find you online?
1: Right. So they can check out my website and my blog, which is where I post a lot of running tips and race reviews and things like that and nutrition and everything. And that's on www.yanahevler.com. And I'm also on Instagram at YHempler and Facebook, Yana Hempler Fitness. And, of course, my Dream Nation Apparel clothing line is www.dreamnationapparel.com.
0: Awesome, Yana. This has been amazing. Everybody go check out her website. Go check out the IG page and go check out Dream Nation Apparel that has dropped and there is some stuff in there that you can purchase already. Yana, thank you so much for the insight on running. Good luck to you in your future and your new uh, apparel line. You have a great rest of your night, okay?
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much.